You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus welcome to theater geeks anonymous at this time we ask that you turn off all cell phones unless of course you're using them to listen to this podcast in which case please keep it on and please refrain from any flash photography as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't you see? It's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five. End this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway successes are in Times Square. Oh, 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 ye of little faith. We are now recording. We're recording. Welcome. What's up, theater geeks? What is up? Welcome to another Theater Geeks podcast where we don't talk about Broadway <laughs> Broadway flop. Right. We're going to talk about a television it's flop. Like, it's just about to launch into the, where we talk about Broadway flops. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. don't talk about any of those right now. We're talking about something else. Something else entirely. And that is Smash. Smash. <laughs> There's lots of H's in there. Smash. <laughs> <laughs> extra syllables it's like when when uh black black people sing we're we're i can't sing but the ones i love so much they're really good at just adding a lot of extra syllables to words that have one <laughs> like smash <laughs> we are going to a smash <laughs> so this is episode three yes Season one, episode three of Smash. Of Smash. And um, um, before we start, I just want to tell you that yeah. I only just realized we've been calling Deborah Messing's character Grace. When yeah. Actually- oh, crap. Yeah, that was her. It's Julia. Grace. But this is Smash. Oh, and dear. Julia. I know. I heard of them say, um, actually, this it's is... It's like her. I know Julia in my head, but it yeah. comes out a whole nother name. Oh, my gosh. Whoops. It's hilarious. And I didn't, I didn't catch it either until I was watching, I think, actually, episode four. So we'll talk about that later, where something popped up and it was like, oh, wait a minute. Have we been calling her? Oops. <laughs> I think a few times we have said 
we have said Julia, but you're right. There's been some grace in there. Yeah, there's definitely graces. Sorry, God. I mean, we're not sorry, but sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, okay. Episode three. Yeah. My first question. I'm just going to say it. Say it. Eric's endgame. Such a dick. Because, like, the first thing we see is this lunch meeting between Derek and Karen where he's like, so are are you happy about how do you feel about being in the ensemble? And she's like, that's going to be a great experience. And he's like, yeah, is that how you really feel? Like, he hates people. Yeah, yeah. He hates them and he manipulates them. And it is so frustrating because it's like, and then she, this is what I love about her character. Yeah. They're writing her. She's great. not play into it. She's like, what do you want me to say? That I'm, I'm, that it sucks? That of course yeah. I wanted Marilyn? And he's like, yeah. yeah, you're too talented to be in the ensemble. Right. And I just wanted to punch him in the throat. But here's the thing, because you haven't seen season two yet. Oh. <laughs> it is, it is working up to something good for her. Okay. And that's all I will say. Well, I mean, I'm sure that that's true. He's it's- being very manipulative and you know how I feel about him. He oh, yeah. is actually the worst yes but just so you know but things will it is work, work yeah it's working up to a good thing for her okay. so just keep that in the back of something <laughs> also and this is because of course she's going to be disappointed who wouldn't be you right of course four callbacks for the role of marilyn monroe yeah. and then you don't get it and you get the yep. and that does it sucks and you're going to be deflated but at the same time you're in the ensemble. You haven't right. done anything in New York yet. And now you're in the ensemble as a workshop that is that is slated to go to Broadway with right. a star director and yeah. a producer behind it that has done it and with writers who have done, like, had successes. So, like, this yeah. is a very exciting thing for her. And she does, yeah. And I love that she knows that and she recognizes it. Like, totally, of course, she's super hurt. But, like, she's also, like, I also recognize this is a ma- massive chance for me. Oh, yeah. And so when she goes back to Iowa for the baby shower, and, of course, nobody understands. Okay, so so, like, I was identifying with her real hard when she was going back to Iowa. I am not from Iowa. I'm from Maryland guys. So it's like, you know, and we're only 20 minutes from Baltimore and only four hours from New York city. It's not like I grew up in the sticks, (laughs) but I have a wonderfully supportive family who doesn't understand anything I do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I was talking to my therapist this week and explaining how like, when things that are really good happen and I tell them there's like, that's great, babe. With, you know, with the, as much gusto as they can muster with no understand, like you, and they, and so like sometimes I to try to explain that it's, that it's actually quite a big deal. (laughs) Right. And right. Right. And the, and like, this means this, and this word means that, and these people (laughs) did this. Um, but there's absolutely no context because they literally live like my, my, uh, my paternal side of the family who I'm quite close to, like they live in the sticks, they live in the sticks. So Broadway, they've never seen it. 
they've made if they've seen any theater it was like maybe a high school production like 20 30 years ago and so it's not like if that right like if that so they don't understand yeah and so when she went back and had to explain that being in a workshop was a really big deal I was like, oh, babe. Not making anything. And, oh, well, is it guaranteed to go to Broadway? Well, no, there's no guarantee. It's yeah. like, it almost takes the excitement away. Yeah. You have to explain why it's such a big deal. Right. I mean, and I've been there. I've had those conversations. Not with my family, because my family is, they're pretty well. Well, yeah, your dad makes theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, but anybody that I grew up at church with, like the, especially yeah. the people that are my parents' age mm-hmm. or the people that I went to school with. Yeah. Uh, if I have to, if I, I just don't, I don't talk about myself. <laughs> I don't. Like I made yeah. that a while ago because it's so, it is deflating. Yeah. Yeah. But even though something really amazing is like, I got a national tour. Yeah. It's a huge, huge deal. Right. But it's not Broadway. And so because it's not Broadway, it's less than like it's that's the kind of mentality. Oh, but right. you moved to New York to do Broadway. So when it went, or they'll say, when's the next show? And you're like, okay, um, that's not how this works, how that works. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, the, it, right. Right. <laughs> or because especially when I was leaving Wicked. Oh, yeah. well, great. What are you doing next? Well, no, actually I'm leaving Wicked because of personal reasons. <laughs> like, yeah. Didn't want to be, you know, on the road anymore. We're yeah. Hearing some motorcycle sounds. I'm sorry if that comes okay. through on the microphone. Um, but no, so it does. It's very frustrating. And so I know, and also then you've got this layer with Karen and her parents, especially her father, trying to dissuade her from even being in New York in the first place. Right. Saying you should not think of this as your career choice because it's not going to go well. You should find something that's going to be a, a you know, like a total thing. Like you're going to get a paycheck. You're going to make this amount of money, something that you can count on. Right. 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 And so I'm sure that in her own mind, especially after hearing all of these things from other actors and mm-hmm. other you know, people in the business saying, that workshops, you're not making money and you're going to really have to be careful about your scheduling. You're not going to be able to work as much and all that jazz. You know, I'm sure that she's going into this baby shower and this, and she did say this before she left for the baby shower. She said to Dev, I don't even want to go. I don't yeah. think so because you're going into this situation where you already know you're at a disadvantage because they don't understand. Right. Right. But now you also feel a little bit more disadvantaged. Right. You have learned more right. about the actual product that you're going to be doing. Right, right. So, uh, and also the fact there's another layer. It's so much. It's so layered. <laughs> but then she also had these callbacks for the lead. Right. She's not the lead. She's in right. the ensemble. Right. Which is amazing. Yes, it's a huge deal. Four callbacks being one of two people, it's massive. But they also don't understand that. They don't understand what a huge deal it is to be have gone to four callbacks for the lead of a new show. Like the people that will see you that are in power. But then also getting cast in the show. Right. Because that's something that doesn't happen always either. A lot and then, of the people And then we find out it's one of the writers who was like, no, no. <laughs> she has to be. She has to be here. Yeah. 
And rightfully so. She's yeah, totally. Very talented. And she needs experience. You yeah. can't. Yes, she might be a star. She might be a diamond in the rough, but she will never become a fully, uh, fully developed diamond unless she's given the opportunity to be. Right. That's right. Ah, that's what I hate about this. This whole the, the idea of, and this goes for every business that you're in. Mm-hmm. You can't get a job unless you have experience, but you can't get experience unless you have a job. Yep. You can't. It doesn't make any sense. No. It doesn't. So I don't understand it. But can I say, like, you've told me your phantom story, and that (laughs) story warms my heart. Yeah. Because you were so bright green. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, from the central Illinois. Yeah. And they just, like, saw it. They were like, but she's great. Yeah. And she'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I had one of the creative team members on my side, and all it takes is one person to stand mm-hmm. up for you to really complete that. You know, the idea that she's worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel very Karen-like right now. <laughs> I didn't realize that until you just said that. <laughs> Perfectly honest, and it's so funny because after we watched step, uh, episode three, we were chatting afterwards, and um, it came up. And I can't remember what brought it up, but it's something like, is Iowa really like that? Like, is mm-hmm. that, you know, is it all Hickville like that? I'm like, yeah. no. Central, <laughs> I grew up in central Illinois, several hours away from probably where Karen went to the baby shower. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the state next door. And so it was literally like, no, I mean, listen, we are surrounded by cornfields, but that yeah. doesn't make us completely uneducated and stupid like it's it, the idea of it because like the we're we're not void of metropolis and cities and you know and common sense I didn't feel like her parents were like they her parents just felt like regular suburban parents they didn't feel like they yeah, felt they felt like well-educated suburban parents um But, like, her friends were like, it's a baby in a bar from Sweet Home, Alabama. You know, like, that's what her friends felt like. Uh, And Rebecca Naomi Jones. (laughs) That was a fun little nugget. I forgot she was in this. If you could remember all of the different cameos, because there have been a lot of Broadway cameos. Gosh. A few episodes that we'll be talking about. Season three, or episode three right now. And then we'll also be recording episode four next. Right. There have been quite a few. So, Rebecca Naomi Jones, Oklahoma, most recently. Condola Rashad. Condola Rashad has a recurring role. She's the girlfriend of the jerk Ellis. Yep. And she's not so nice herself in this either. She's not. She's. I don't think I would be friends with her if I met her character in New York City. No. Nope. She's not. She's a bit. Um, Bernadette has made a appearance inside the phone. Voice <laughs> <laughs> yet? So she hasn't made an yeah. appearance. She's just, she's she's in the phone like we know that but like she's yeah we haven't I don't think we got to hear her voice name and I and honestly I don't know if he's a Broadway guy or not but the guy that played Luke Wheeler in the show Nashville also plays Michael um oh shoot the guy that they hired as DiMaggio oh Michael. but that's Will Chase he's done tons of Broadway Will Chase Yes. Why did I not ever think that that was Will? Do you know what's so funny? When I think of Will Chase, I have a completely different person in my head. It's possible because, like, 
he follows another theater actor around, sort of like he fills in. They um, fill in for each other. So do you get him mixed up with like Adam Pascal or something? Oh, I have him mixed up, and this doesn't make any sense at all. And you're gonna <laughs> I have him mixed up with the man who was married to Marin Maisie, uh, Daniele. Oh, Jason Daniele. I, don't uh, I mean, I guess I sort of see it. And I, I don't actually, to be honest, to be fair, if somebody out there in, in listener land can let us know if they've sort of followed each other, because that's very possible. Um, I, I just don't know that. It's possible. Okay, cool. so that's Will Chase. Okay, I love Will yes. Chase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved him when I thought he was Jason Daniele too. <laughs> okay, cool. So there's another Broadway one. There are yeah. a couple more, but we won't talk about them yet. So you don't want to. Yeah. Don't That's, I mean, that is, I love that idea. Like when I was a kid and I would recognize Broadway people so like, as a kid on TV yeah. movies, I would have been like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so and And nobody else cared. It was like crickets. I know. <laughs> It's upsetting that we also had Jordan Roth. He was in um, episode two. Okay. Jordan Roth, remember Daryl Roth's son? He's the owner of Ju Jameson. Huge deal. Big deal. The guy that said Um, vampire vampire musical. Yep. (laughs) Um, They've only talked about, they've only talked about Michael Riedel, but we haven't actually seen him yet. Um, Brian Darcy James obviously plays yeah. Julia's husband. We love him. And Megan love Hilton, him. obviously. But they oh, are right. I consider okay. them recurring characters. Yeah, yeah. Fine. They are. They're recurring. Um, I feel oh, like we're missing somebody. I'm sure we are. We'll get I'm sure we are. We should start writing those people down, too. We should. Because so yeah. also, um, there was somebody else... Oh, the parents, especially the mother. I get very frustrated because I know, I know the father has done plays and her mother, every time I see her, I'm like, I know this woman. And I tried to IMDB, um, when we were watching and it, it didn't go very well. I couldn't, there, there was like, like, I couldn't pick out the photo that looked like her, but I'm like, I know this woman. I don't um, I recognize her. She like the father though too. They're both of these character actors. Who right, right. A lot, but you never but, pinpoint. I know for sure he has been because I've seen him on stage. So I'm a hundred percent sure he's been on Broadway okay. and maybe done like a Shakespeare in the Park. Okay. Um, but I know she like I feel deep in my soul she has too, and yes. listeners are gonna like yell at us. <laughs> I know that's going to happen, but I just, I I know she has. Listen, yell at me. Yell at me. Please, guys, like, email us. You can, um, you know, comment on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Like, we're on all the socials. Any of those. And just let us know what you think. Right. And if we're missing people um, as well, like, whoever whoever we we missed. Um, Yeah, so, so the other... Angelica Houston. I love her. Like this episode, it was difficult because it was just like Jeffrey was just trying to F with her at every turn and just like won't leave her alone. And I can't understand why. It's like this control. He's just like, he has to be controlling her at every 
turn. And it's like, because she's trying to exert her independence, he like, and she's only really doing it because he's a dick and he treated her like, like garbage. Like he just cheated on her repeatedly. And she was like, I'm done. Just leave me alone. There's this great scene at the, at the restaurant between Eileen where Jerry shows up instead of a would be producer or a would be um, patron. And he sends earrings first. This was my favorite bit, right? He sends earrings first and a Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. (laughs) The the idea behind it was that he decided he's going to show up and surprise her, quote unquote, with the news that her would be investor is going to invest because Mm -hmm. Jerry had a conversation with him. Well, she's not happy about that, right? Of course not. Because that's ridiculous. She's the producer. He has nothing at all to do with Marilyn. Nothing. At all. Nothing. So he finishes up and she, you know, he's trying to like get back into her good graces, trying to get back into this relationship with her and to stay married. But she doesn't want anything to do with it because he's cheated on her. She was the Repeatedly. Repeatedly. She was the one that filed the for divorce, which mm-hmm. is probably the only reason he's hanging on because if he had filed for divorce, he would have been done with her. That's right. But she's the one that activated that. She's the one that got away. She's the one that has her own mind and she's mm-hmm. the one that's finally finding her own authority. Right. Yep. But now he's in the background kind of playing, you know, puppeteer trying to, trying to, well, and he succeeds because in the next episode, we'll get some news about that as well, about yeah. this, this particular would be investor. But what I did love about this scene and I wrote Jerry and Eileen, ha, with an exclamation point, because at the very end of this conversation, she takes the Manhattan that he ordered for her yeah. and goes, well, all right. And she splashes it in his face. It's, it is very good. It's, it's very wonderful. Good. It's wonderful. Now he did say, I bought that so you could throw it in my face because he's he just expects expects it at this point. Right. He's like, I know this is going to happen. And it was so great because it's not like she was. She'd gotten up already. Right. So it was sort of like it was extra. It was an extra special throw because it was like you weren't sure if it was actually going to come this time. And she stood up. Turned to walk away, turned back, and then threw the Manhattan. And then he just shook his head like, right, this is, this is what I'm here for. I'm here yeah. to just, you know. But even in that, I was like, you jerk. You don't get to be yeah. the martyr here. And it's so cathartic every oh, time she does it. I'm like, thank you. I feel a cathartic release yeah. when you throw it. He's so good at being a jerk. Yeah. And every day he enters the scene and he's not, he doesn't act like a jerk. He's acting very, like he's acting very reasonably. Yeah. You know, because of Angela, Angelica Houston's response to him, her reaction to him, what the backstory is, you know, just from her expression. And you're like, nope, no, not going (laughs) to happen. It's They're amazing. There's also this fantastic, I love that all of these things happen at restaurants between two different (laughs) events. So before that scene, there's another scene between Dev and Derek, where Derek is having the meeting oh, in the restaurant. With right, him. right, right, right. Shows up in the middle of the meeting, right? Yeah. He shows up, he's like, oh, hey. And she's like, hi, Dev, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I just thought I'd come and meet this famous director you're always talking mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. Then they get into like this British fight between Yes. Them. 
about what school they went to. <laughs> he studied at Cambridge. Playing this whole game of No, war. Oxford. And then the director was like, I was at the other one. And she, when they got home, was like, what's, what's the that? other one? He's like, Cambridge. <laughs> it was hilarious. But there was also, I mean, it's slightly racist. Not even racist. Not even slightly. It was very racist. Remind me. One the thing, well, one of the things that Derek said to Dev was, oh, you must be so proud of yourself being first generation. Yes. Kids. Oh, my God. I yelled. You must be so proud, you know, coming from a third Such world a country to, to watch their son rise and become the man that he is. He's like, um, I'm third generation, actually. And it yeah. was, oh, it was so, it was, oh. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> Derek, is it possible to have more strikes against you? Like, Okay. Not only are you just like taking advantage of women, but also you're racist. Yes. You're the worst human. He's the worst. But then, okay, and I'm going to skip ahead because okay. then there's another uh, like little tiny scene another, and in bed between Derek and Ivy. Yeah. Where Ivy's like, why didn't you ever take me to your apartment? And he's like, oh, it's a long story. And then he goes into this story about the gas not working and how now the apartment's in disarray because the gas was off and they had to come and fix it and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. And this, okay, I'm just going to say this. Say it. Anybody who's listening, female, male, however you identify. Yes. If you are in a relationship with someone, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be okay all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that other person is going to do things that make you upset and that is valid. They don't get to say, there's no reason for you to be like this. Yeah. This is the reason. No, actually, if I am upset, it is a valid reason. Yeah. And you don't get to tell me it's not. That's right. So this whole relationship right now, I just, I can't, I can't with it because it started off in like inappropriately. It has continued inappropriately. And I'm sure at some point it's going to end disastrously. I can't wait for that episode, but, <laughs> but as it is, it's like, it's so frustrating to me. Yeah. It's so frustrating to me. Ugh. Yeah. He, um, that, that also, it's just like, it's so painful to see how low her self-esteem is, yeah. you know, like this, like, um, Kate's character, like she just, you know, she, she's the one you think is going to be the one who is very naive and just like gets into bed with a, her Catherine McPhee, but, but she, isn't she Kate on the, she's Kate on the show, right? Karen. Thank you. Thank you. We need a key. These K's, we do. I've, I literally thought about this. I was like, I, I might have to make one. You'll, I'm and sure like, you'll have a piece of paper on this wall back here. I was, I'm like, I seriously thought about this. I might just do it on my iPad. Um, yeah. So, so she's the one you think is going to be, you know, the naive one who like gets into bed with the director and like just falls for all the stuff, but she's the one who, who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And is constantly exerting the fact that like she realizes she's really green, but like she also knows she's talented and there's no reason yeah. that she has to do anything other than 
do her best in the rehearsal room and show her talent to prove that she deserves the roles that she gets. Well, and this is where I have an issue with the word naive. Mm -hmm. They use it to describe her in the show website as well. Okay. The description of the show itself, when they're going, you're going through the characters, they use the word naive. Yeah. She's not. No, she's she's not. She's inexperienced to the nth degree, but she's never been naive. No. Ever. No, she's sharp as a tack. Yes. There's a vast difference. So it's, it does surprise me when I, when I read stuff like that. And when like, I look at the show and I'm like, she's, she's not, I mean, this is where she's coming from is not from a place of naivete. It's coming from a place of just not have, not having any world experience. That's all. But still having enough to where she's like him trying to sleep with me. Not okay. I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> her own person. She's yeah, got, totally. She's got personhood. She does. She's actually something that Ivy doesn't necessarily have no. full personhood. She doesn't. That's she doesn't. Where, that's, and I would actually argue by saying that Ivy is a little bit more naive. Oh, totally. Than Karen is. Oh, she totally that. is. But everyone thinks it's going to be Karen, but it's not. No. It's not at all. No. Um, like, yeah, no. Uh, really, I would, I would also say Ivy is the more naive one. This director's taking full advantage of her. Um, and doesn't even want her. That, that's what's so troubling to me. He, I mean, he only, he only wants her. <laughs> I have this term and I won't say it, but it's this phrase I use for men who just like, well, it's not actually terribly crude but it's very very blunt mm-hmm. <laughs> um what uh it's a uh, like some men just see women as a sperm receptacle yeah and that's what i feel like derek just he just sees her as a sperm receptacle and not really yeah. as a human being yeah she mm-hmm. and she has made herself accessible to him I don't, it, it's, it's so frustrating to the whole, that whole thing is so frustrating to me because it yeah. is so inappropriate in the context of their relationship. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, what I, um, I, you know, they sit at, they, they're sitting outside. I'm telling you another thing about watching this, like you just talked about restaurants and I was like, uh, inside restaurants and the before times, the before times anyway, (laughs) um, they're sitting outside in Times Square at the little red tables, which you could still do yeah. today in the aftertimes. <laughs> and uh, their cozy but, salads, mm. right? Their little cozy salads. 
And, um, and so this is Ivy and this is Tom and like, you know, Tom brings up his concern rightfully so because he is the most correct of all the leaders in this who are very outraged. He should be outraged. He's correct. Um, and so Ivy's like, Tom, I can take care of myself. And I was like, but, but you're, but are you, but are you? Well, and that's the, that is the scary part about, about being in a relationship with anybody. There has, there's this level of trust that opens you up to be incredibly vulnerable. And if the other person doesn't have your interests at heart, if they don't think about you in the same way you think about them, then it will end horribly. And like Tom knows him because yeah. he has all this backstory. He's like, he's a garbage human being. Nobody believes Tom. And I wonder if it's because he's so vocal about it. I don't, I, yeah. I mean, cause what it had sounded like, and I'll be honest, I can't remember if like later on in the season, they go into more backstory, but like everyone knows they had a brouhaha in a previous um, show And so I think a lot of people are just sort of tacking on the fact that the two of them had this brouhaha and like, that's why Tom hates him. But Tom is like, no, he's, he's horrible human being. He's actually a terrible person. Yeah. Which he says repeatedly, but it's just like, it feels a little bit like to me when, when men say that women are being hysterical it feels like that's how Tom's being treated in this instance that like everybody's just telling him he's hysterical. He's not, he's right. And they say, yeah, I know Tom. I know you made your feelings clear. Yeah. You're like, uh, apparently I didn't because yeah, no, I love Mm -hmm. Tom. I love, I continue to love Tom. Yeah. Tom will be a fantastic shoulder to cry on later (laughs) when Ivy has her heart ripped from her chest and thrown against a wall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you know who I don't like? Who besides Alice. Derek? Alice. Alice. Yeah, no. He's the worst. And I wrote, shut up, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Which scene? You have to break it down, though, because there's so many. I know, right? Right at the beginning <laughs> where Tom and Julia are discussing their show that they are writing together. And in comes Alice. And he's like, oh, well, what about I really like this idea? And she's like, uh, you're not the writer, are you? Like, she doesn't yeah. say but the look on her face is so brilliant. And it's <laughs> like, that is exactly what she's saying. But I did, I wrote it down in my book. I was like, shut up, Ellis, you're not the writer. Yeah. But then he takes it upon himself to steal her so notebook. So where mad. He writes all of her notes about this show and about her ideas and all of this very <laughs> proprietary information. And yeah. I was livid because yeah. he took it home to his girlfriend, Condola Richard. Is it Condola or Condola? Condola. Condola. Like gondola, but with a C. So, but see, there's <laughs> this sandwich place called Avanti's. It's like an Italian restaurant in yeah. Central Illinois that has a sandwich called the gondola because oh. they couldn't use the word gondola or they didn't want to use the word gondola for whatever reason. Okay. So that's, it's like a sub sandwich called the gondola. So now I can never say the word correctly. And apparently... <laughs> That also goes towards Condola Rashad's name. Anyway, 
So he takes this notebook home and he's reading it out in the open on his bed. And she comes out of the shower and is like, I'm sorry, I'm ready for bed. What about you? What are you reading? And he's like, um, the notebook. He's like, she let you borrow that notebook. And he was like, uh, no, didn't borrow it. And she was like, he's like, um, maybe that's not such a great idea. And he yeah. was well, I'll take it back. And then she goes over and starts reading it too. Yeah. Like, These two people are toxic. They yeah. are toxic. Yeah. Capital T and ending with a capital C. They're toxic. Terrible people. My my friends, Sarah, who we're on the call with, she's like, he gives all, because she is a career admin. She was like, he gives all assistants a bad name. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, it's true. It's true. He's not great. Oh, man. Because that's all he is. He's an assistant. He gets the coffee. He makes the spreadsheets. He goes and picks up dry cleaning. He does what the direct, what Tom asks him to do, but and this I, doesn't seem to understand that. No, and I realize that role is a stepping stone, right? But like, you also have to prove yourself trustworthy, and in order to climb any sort of ladder or get promoted or be given more responsibilities. And so if people don't feel they can trust you, that's never going to happen. So it's like, he just is jumping the shark and just being a dick. But that's just it. Like instead of trying to earn their trust in any measure, he He doesn't doubles down on the opposite. And he says, Oh, so you're not going to trust me. Fine. I'll steal your notebook. Yeah. I'll get this information one way or another. It doesn't have to come from you. Oh, and it's so shady and awful. I hate those guys. I hate them. I hate them. They're not great. Because it was kind great. of the girlfriend's idea that, that planted in. Right. It. But, she, but she was people. like, but I didn't. Right. I didn't say steal the. That's not no, what it said. Specifically say you should go into Julia's purse, take out the notebook with all of her show ideas and take it home with you. But she did say it was your idea to do Marilyn as a musical. You should get some credit. Right. But, but, but that a fire under him and right. apparently now no holds barred. But like saying that, like you should get some credit. I mean, that just, that doesn't mean steal stuff. <laughs> That's just like, he just, he goes from zero to 60. Ugh, I don't like him. Same. <laughs> Same. He's not great. Uh, what was the, what was the, what were the musical numbers? Um, there was. Redneck, that redneck song. Yeah, redneck woman. We're, we're not going to even talk yeah, about that because yeah, we don't really love. Baby shower. I'm not know. in the country, but she Same. sang that redneck woman song in a, in a karaoke bar at the, right. at the baby shower. She sang it beautifully. It happened. It was a thing that happened. <laughs> I don't like, don't like that song. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, yeah, but then the number that they did. Cause now I'm only thinking about episode four songs now, but, um, Oh, uh, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. That's what it was. And um, I was thinking about this while I was watching it. It's like this song in an album on a cast recording is the song that I always skip past. Same. Super boring. Bland. It's the love song. It's what, you know. I've said this to so so many of my friends. Like a lot of my girlfriends love, they love the girl songs. And I'm like, I always like the dude songs. Like in Hamilton. 
I know all the dude rap songs and like my my friends, a lot of them know like Helpless and like Skylar Sisters. And I'm like, I mean, I kind of know those, but I'd rather be rapping like Right Hand Man. Like that's the song I like. Like I want to be George Washington. <laughs> yes. No, it's true. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, not my favorite. Not my favorite yeah. Beautiful, not my favorite. It's beautiful, not my favorite and either. It never shows what the singer can actually do either. Yeah. Ever in any in any capacity. Now I will say, like in Hamilton, helpless oh. and um oh it's not sensational. What's the when the Angelica sings, it's just one S word. Satisfied. Satisfied. Thank you. I was yeah. like, it's not sensational. Satisfied <laughs> and helpless are both songs that are meaty and they they are are. gorgeous and they are thought-provoking and emotional and passionate burn as well oh completely completely but in this particular like in all of like classic broadway yeah it's boring are bland they're complete vanilla not even vanilla bean but vanilla extract like they're just (laughs) (laughs) like imitation vanilla extract There's no black specks in this vanilla ice cream. It's, <laughs> it's like the yellow stuff. It's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. So it orders the French vanilla ice cream yeah. that's yellow. It's just, yeah. you just don't. So anyway, I skip past those songs. I totally agree. Yeah, no, Helpless and Burn, those are at least, they at least drive uh, the plot forward and like really feel like they give you internal dialogue that will inform the rest of the show but still like I'd rather rap (laughs) I want to be the guy part yeah totally (laughs) not in this number because that one's boring too (laughs) no I'm I'm with you in in every time I I see or uh, have the musical Jesus Christ Superstar come up I always sing the Judas stuff I need to sing the Mary stuff ever same yeah uh Yes. Oh, and oh, there was another number at the bar when we were meeting Will Chase's character, Michael, for the first time. He was doing a Bruno Mars show. Oh, yes. We were singing a Bruno uh, Mars um, I would catch a grenade. But That's yeah. what it was. It, it yes. was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, that was a really cool number. I really... I also love, like, a little nod to these musicals that, that have, like, a pop you know, soundtrack to them, you know, like we've got Jagged Little Pill on Broadway now, you know, I was like, okay, I see you. I see your little nod to, to what, what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But that was fun. That was yeah. a fun. I have, maybe you can shed light on this because I have yeah. a quote written down, but I can't quite remember the context of it. And it's theater is high school and directors are the biggest idiots. <laughs> Do you remember what that's about? Was that in the dressing room with Ivy after her show and she was talking with her friends backstage? Yes. That sounds right. Her relationship with Derek and how yeah, she because hadn't she... heard from Derek in a while and they're in cheap. That's right. Okay. Yep. So that sounds that, right. Like, this is hilarious. I'll remember what this is from. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's perfect. So true. Oh, and before I found out. I wrote, whatever the backstory of Julia and Michael is, it's already heartbreaking. <laughs> you had no idea what it was. She was kind of fighting against the idea of hiring Michael yeah. at Joe DiMaggio. We didn't know why. I mean, at one mm-hmm. point she was like, let's just have no men. <laughs> Which made me <laughs> no, laugh. No, no. Tom said, 
Tom was like, should we just have no men? And she just went quiet. Like she was thinking about it. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to tell a story about Marilyn, yes, let's tell it without the men because she was her own person. And yet her entire life was surrounded by the the men that she was with, Yeah, which was horrible. Anyway, that's another issue altogether. I'm sure we'll have that at the end, but so then there's that. And then like, we see there's kind of a weird interaction where you kind right. of think that maybe they had some sort of like uh, a love interest thing happening in their past. I mean, he says, you know, you smell really good. And I was like, Oh, this what? like, I mean, a, I did see the whole two. I saw the series before, <laughs> but I was also like, I mean, they, of course they slept together. Like, no, like, the only time a man has ever said that to me is literally if he like wanted to date me or get in my pants. Right. I will have, you know, none of that happened, <laughs> but like even at that point, I, it didn't, it was just that they had a past relationship, but they haven't now they're not right. Then we find out that it actually happened while they were both married to their other partner. No, what? Oh, was he not? He wasn't. Oh, he was not. Was she was. Yeah, he was. And she, so that was like, Oh, I know. this makes me sad. I know. So I'm sure that'll come back up. And then I have written down Alice in um, all caps with like a million exclamations. What do you do this time? <laughs> For the standoff between he and Julia at the end of the episode when they're still at the rehearsal studio and she's about to leave and he's like, um, he comes at her about something. Oh no, they're back at Tom's apartment. He comes at her about something and she's like, Hey Ellis. Oh yes. The assistant. And I could have you fired and blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, he's a little nightmare. Right. He like, he's like (laughs) passive aggressively like, Oh yeah. You think you can do that? Cause it didn't really work the first time. Yes. Nailed at her the entire time. I wanted to punch him. I know. Oh, and then at the very end, here's my note from the very end. Unless you have something else to say about Alice. No, no. Well, well, okay. So he says, um, he did say that it didn't take the first time, but like, you can't really fire me because I'm actually Tom's assistant, which like for me, I was torn, right? Because in my life, I've come to a number of cases where somebody who is not my boss wants to try to like usurp authority, like raise their little arm over me. And I've had to be like, so I won't be doing that. Right. Cause like, you don't know anything about my life, the amount of time I have, and you're not my boss. I mean, you're not even at the level of my, I'm not doing this. Oh, I remember what it was though, that they were having the fight about. So Tom and Julia had a little like tiff. They did. Tom ran to his room and shut the door. Julia went to follow and Ellis stood in front of the door going, I think he needs a little break right now. Because the tiff was about um, Tom was getting really upset when he found out that Ivy was sleeping with Derek. Rightfully so. As we have said before, we're completely on his side. And but like she kept making excuses for it. Things happen. It's a show. People sleep together. It happens. And he just was like really upset that she just was not taking his fear seriously and like actually being as angry and frustrated as he was. And I mean, we find out it's because she, she did this. Yeah. She, she can't judge. She can't throw the first stone because she's done the sin as well. Right. 
And Ellis then also overhears her tell that side of the story to right. so now Ellis knows that she had this affair with Michael yeah. when he was married. But besides that, so like he stands in front of the door is like, I think he needs a break <laughs> from me right now. Just give him some time. Like he knows him better than Julia does, who right. has been his writing partner for decades, right? Right, right. So that made me so angry. I anyway. know. And skip to the very end. Oh, are you finished? Well, I was just saying like, you know, I thought about that. And this weekend I watched that Howard Ashman documentary on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. which is just, it's just, it's, it's like my whole childhood. It's, it's just, he sits there and he talks about like how, when he was a kid, you know, Peter Pan and Pinocchio were like his favorites. Yeah. And I was like, and then you grew up and you like are my whole childhood. I was yeah. just like having a very, you know. Yes. Um, but, but the inter, but Alan and Howard were together longer than Howard was with his partner that he had until he passed away, you know, and, and, you know, Alan did the score for the documentary and you just like, this relationship was just so dynamic. And there were moments when Howard would like fly off the handle and be angry and like actually make Alan cry, you know? And, and, and so I, I, was thinking a lot about the whole Julia Tom dynamic and like having sat next to somebody for hours and hours, been through like the pain and suffering of creation and like rejection. And then your show not getting made and having to like throw songs down on the cutting floor and like the blood, sweat and tears that are shed in a creative relationship that spans decades Mm -hmm. um, and is sometimes outlasts like marriages for some people, you know? And so anyway, I was just really thinking about that. And so it made me even more frustrated at Ellis because I thought like these two people have been through the fire, right? You're new. You're in this relationship and in the world. Yeah. (laughs) I know exactly where Julia is. He's just, He's just, he doesn't know how to read the room. No. He doesn't have any social skills. Maybe that's what it is. He's so, he's thinking about how he can uh, benefit himself. Right. So he misses every social cue that there is. Yep. Because all, it, what's going through his mind isn't how can I relate to what's going on in this, in this right. moment. He's yep. thinking, what can I do? to make them think I'm smart, to make them think I'm good, to get, right. to get ahead. You have to, you really have to think about how am I being of service to people? Yeah. Like, I feel like in every, no matter where you are in your life, in your career, you, you have an obligation to really think about how you're being of service to other people as a leader or yeah. as an assistant. Absolutely. Well, it's because we're, the word that they use in the Bible for Eve was help meet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is stronger than the word wife. Yeah. Yeah. He created for him to be his help meet, which is right. to be an extension of him. Right. In every way. It's a partner. Yeah. yeah it's not just a legal document that we sign and now we're together. It right. is, it's flesh to flesh and bone mm-hmm. to bone it, or bone of bone, flesh of flesh, yeah. bone of bone. It's, it's so much deeper and yeah. so much more powerful than that. And so if you really consider 
that even if I am not the leader in this context, Mm -hmm. that my assistance is still just as potent, if not more so than the person that is in charge, because my support means everything. You cannot build a mansion if you have no foundation. Right. That's right. The foundation is more important than the spires at the top. Right. That's right. Totally agree. Good. It's good stuff. You just, you, you throw these, lob these balls at me and I'm like, yes. <laughs> 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 out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> so actually that's a really good way to end this. But yeah. Because <laughs> the end of the episode is a very sweet moment between Karen and her parents. Yeah. She's finished her baby shower. She's done for the weekend. She's going to be driving back to the airport now with her friends and she's sitting on the steps and she, her dad starts to say something to her. And she's like, dad, I don't want to hear it. If you don't support me, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, 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 just stop. And he takes that moment to say, I, I don't understand what it is that you're, what it is that you're, mm-hmm. you're going for, but I know that you're incredibly talented and that I, and I know that you're, uh, you know, one of a kind, you know, it's one, of, it's that kind of speech. Yeah. And at the end, he hands her a check so that she can live off of this money while she's doing the workshop because yeah. he understands that it is more important to her to do this than it is to work full time somewhere else with benefits. Like yeah. so it all kind of comes to, and I wrote, "Ah, dads are the best <laughs> <laughs> because it's true. I think yeah. even if our family doesn't truly understand yeah. the fact that they are supportive, Right. Totally. I mean, I, so I was in, I had, I was in a magazine and I brought a copy for my big brother and a copy for my aunt who, my aunt, who's the oldest of the six. Right. And, um, she made like uh, copies for everybody in the family. Nobody's going to understand what is in there. They don't understand anything about it. Doesn't matter. She made copies for everybody and is like handing them out. <laughs> Aww, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's really sweet. So I, yeah, I mean, there's just something really wonderful about, um, even, even when your family's like, I don't know anybody else who's done this. I have no frame of reference, but I see that it is important to you mm-hmm. to, to make this thing happen. Uh, I'm also, it'll, it'll, well, it's because you're important to me that what's happening to you is also important. Yes. And I'm going to celebrate with you. Not yeah. all families do that. So it's nice to see. That's very true. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It left me with a warm, <laughs> squishy feeling in the middle of my chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wrote. Well. Anything else? No, I think that's a great, like, happy little note to end the pod on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And next up is episode four. So follow along with us. We're getting ready to record it right this instant. So you don't have to wait for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you won't have to wait a longer time than that. No, no, no. (laughs) All All right. right. Bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.